everybody. Hey. This is episode 28 of Eat, Drink, Ride, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. We are actually on location in beautiful North Carolina. We're up in Beach Mountain. I wish you could see the mountains. We tried to do the video from the other direction, but then you can't see us, which I don't know, may not be a bad thing. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, it is gorgeous up here. And we thought in honor of being up here in this gorgeous scenery that we would talk about riding scenery. So first of all, how was your week? Uh, I forgot this is a question we did every week. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I'm back at work every day now for lab work stuff. Um, so that was exciting and just getting getting used to being back in lab and having to wear the mask and having to wear all the PPE and it's a lot more um, extensive than it was before coronavirus. So. Yeah. Um, getting used to that is interesting. Also juggling schedules between people and how many people can be in a room and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, because you're the lab manager, so all of that falls mm -hmm. on you to make sure yeah. that people follow those. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I made a pact with myself to write 500 words on my work in progress per day, and since I'm on vacation, I have not been doing that, but I plan to continue that when I get, um, get back home. So okay. I managed to write about 2,000 words last week just by writing 500 words and I figure you know they're not going to be great because I'm stuck on that work in progress right now right um but I can always erase them the next which day, so. what is your work in progress again um I'm working on uh the first book that I wrote and I'm rewriting it is that Aiden yes okay all yeah. right so um yeah so that was my week okay my week has been crazy we are working on getting the court back up and running so this week was all about, I had to go to the courthouse and meet with the administrative office of the courts and find out safe places for people to meet, how to stagger. I've been putting together calendars, getting notices. My paralegal is working her butt off. She is absolutely amazing. She's great. If I could pay her a million dollars a year, I would. She is worth every penny. Absolutely. So that has been most of this week. I go back after this week of vacation, court starts Monday. Wow, that's super soon. So yeah, not this, not the Monday after this comes out, but the following Monday. No, the Monday the after, Monday this, after this one comes yeah. out. Yeah, by the time you all see this, I'll have had a day in court already. So that ought to be interesting. Um, so that and getting ready for vacation coming up here. This house, y'all, it is amazing. It is gorgeous. It's the view from the deck. I wonder if I can turn this so they can see. Probably. We'll also it. post pictures. Yeah, we'll definitely post pictures, but I don't know if you all can see that gorgeous view or not, but that's the view from our deck. We're out on the deck right now doing this podcast, so absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, what are we eating and drinking? I've made us both Bloody Marys. Yes, and it's the first time that we've been able to record in person together in about four months. So, yes. cheers to that. Cheers to that. And, mm, take a sip. Mm -hmm. mm. And we, you made us a meat and cheese platter, which is yummy and mm -hmm. gorgeous and fantastic. It is yummy. Um, but I have jokes. Oh, of course. And one of these you told me, so you already know this one. I do know this one. All right, hit me with it. Where does a black bird go to wet his whistle? Oh, where? I have no idea. A crowbar. <laughs> 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 and then since we're also in the scenery aspect of things, mm -hmm. what is the poorest kind of plant in the forest? Poorest? Mm-hmm. I don't know what. A vine, because it can't support itself. God bless. <laughs> 
send us jokes, people, because clearly I need help. Um, okay, so basically we've done a little bit, not, not the same thing as scenery, but we've talked about scenes before, which and I think setting. is very, very different. Setting is, it, I think setting overlaps more than scenes do with scenery, because mm -hmm. um, setting is more about place. Place. Scene, right. So in urban fantasy, which is what we mostly write, fantasy, the scenery, the setting can even be a character. We talked about this before mm -hmm. in one of our podcasts about how, like, um, Kate Daniels, her city oh, is definitely a main character in, yeah. in her well, series. Well, the way that it changes, you know, back and mm -hmm. forth from magic to technology mm -hmm. um, being dominant. So that definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, but scene, scenery is in every kind of novel that you write, any kind of uh, fiction novel. So it, it's very important in creating a believable and engaging fictional world. I think that goes doubly for, you know, if you're writing urban fantasy, then people might recognize the places that your characters are going to. And so like, especially if your reader might recognize a place that you put in your book, I think that scenery and the way that you integrate it into your story is very um, important. Like Patricia Briggs with the troll under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a real place in the real world. So people that have seen it can go, Oh, I know exactly what that is. Right. So, or the river that she uses, which could mm -hmm. be identified as scenery, mm -hmm. um, is very much an important uh, aspect to that story. And, and then people recognize it. For us, Atlanta, the South, we write a lot about the, in the South mm -hmm. because that's what we know the best. Right. Um, but anyway, you've got to make sure that your scenery is specific to the place where you've set your story. So don't have palm trees up in the Arctic. Right. Except for in fantasy, we get away with a lot more because right, it, it yeah. might be that palm trees are now in the Arctic because of some magical something that's happened. So, right. but just have it be logical or explained within your, your book. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see. Oh, if your location, even if it's imagined like a totally fantasy world, you still have to have, you still have to give your reader a clear idea of the climate, the foliage, the appearance of what's going on. They've got to be able to see it. Right. Which made me think of, um, you know, scenery that I've used in my own books, like in Savannah, you've got the, uh, the trees with the Spanish moss that hangs oh, yeah. from it and that casts like shadows along the ground. And, um, you know, even the river, the river is a huge piece of that story, the piece of that city. River stream. Um, right. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Charleston is another uh, setting that I have in one of my books. And so, mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's one that, you know, it has a big river. It's got the bridge and the skyline and that kind of thing that I like to use. Yeah. And freaking fairies, a part of it is set in, um, Louisiana and New Orleans. And so I've got the downtown area with those buildings that are two story and you see the wrought iron yeah. fencing right. on, or I don't, that's not the right word, but, but the patio iron. Yeah. So all of those things, that's part of the scenery that you are writing about in your book. So when you're putting scenery in there we usually think of scenery as what you see like we're looking right now at these gorgeous mountains out here and that's what a lot of people associate scenery with is what you see right but you really need to use all five of your senses to portray the the scenery which like, i think we like we say that all the time we do we've we've touched on on all the senses before in several of our podcasts i think yeah um you like think of the sound like here we're outside and I don't know if the microphone's picking it up or not but there's a breeze going through and it's actually chilly I'm wearing a sweater in Atlanta right now it's 90 something degrees <laughs> yeah. I've got a fire going in the fireplace inside <laughs> right. because this wind has got a really crisp 
chill to it. Right, which I think is also important to to think about when you're when you're talking about breezes and when like is it cold? Does your mm-hmm. character need a jacket? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. so the sound of insects, the smell of pine trees, the smell of, you know, bloody marys, uh-huh. <laughs> um, the feel of bark, the smell of wet dirt. I mean, think of if you're in a forest and that that dirt smell um, that that's something that you can describe right. the feel of wet socks or sore feet when you're hiking on a mountain trail, mm-hmm. the taste of sweat dripping into, you know, in my Kata story, when she's running from the naked bad guy in the very beginning and it's an Atlanta heat and it's, she, it does, she has sweat and she tastes it. And so that brings in the sense of taste. Right. Um, the crisp snowflakes that little kids run around trying to catch on their tongue and sometimes big kids run around trying to catch on their tongues. I mean, I think I did that just back in February yeah. when it uh, snowed yeah, randomly. Yeah, we had those big snowflakes. Giant snowflakes. Oh. Yeah, I think it's also, um, I think this is a good point to, you know, use metaphors and similes um, in order to do this because it's difficult to understand just how big the ocean is or just how tall a mountain is mm-hmm. um, unless you compare it to something that you can relate to senses, like it's towering and the the shadow of the mountain and mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think would be a good way to get across that scenery while also getting across your uh, your character's mindset. Yeah. So. And you want to use it to move your your plot forward. Oh yeah. So you focus on the things that are enriching to your plot. You, you don't necessarily have to go into the detail of the, the veins that you see on the tree leaf. That, if that's not important to your plot, if, it, if, it's, if there's something wrong with the trees and they're sick and you need to point out the veins that are in those leaves, then yes, but don't get too bogged down in minuscule details that don't mean anything. Right. You want it to drive your story forward. Absolutely. Um, Let's see, uh, a long description from a view from a window is relevant only if it, it, only if the scene happening between the characters somehow relates to that. Right, and I was thinking of examples of that, like how can you make your scenery a part of the plot, and and the one that I think of the most, and since we're in the mountains, is if you have picturesque mountains, that might be an uh, an obstacle in the plot that requires, like if your character has to cross them or has to Mm -hmm. climb them, um, and that's part of the plot, and that's a good way to get across, like, oh, there are these huge mountains and these beautiful mountains but they're in my way and it's going to be really mm-hmm. difficult to to get across they them. could be a rock so to speak i mean think right. of the hobbit where they had to cross over the the fierce tall towering forbidding snow-covered mountains right so the way you would describe that is different than you know like for us sitting here and looking at these gorgeous mountains there's no threat to us here but right you know think about when you're writing your scenery how it relates to your character and the plot, and then you can choose word choice, which I think I said later on, yeah. um, to get that point across. Um, let's see. Um, oh yeah, so you wanna scatter these things throughout your novel. I think we've talked about that in- well, I, I think with most things, honestly, cause you never wanna concentrate yeah. a lot of things. Like you wanna give uh, glimpses of stuff like foreshadowing glimpses of the future glimpses of um scenery glimpses of description because you don't want to like overwhelm that's true you know with my kata book where she leaves from atlanta and goes into this other fantasy land that she's Mm -hmm. never been to before the scenery is very important because it is so different from atlanta and our world right and so the purple leaves that is something we don't necessarily have we have purple-ish but I'm talking like fuchsia leaves and the things that 
are there in that world. I have to describe the scenery so that my reader understands we're, we're not in Kansas anymore. Right. So that's something to think about too. So how, how do you do this? It's all well and good to say, you know, do these things, but how do you do it? So, you know, it's how, what should you describe? What should you leave out? How long should it be? How detailed should it be? So I've come up with a few little ideas to think about when you're writing your scenery. Number one is less is more. Mm -hmm. You're trying to evoke a sense of something, a sense of the scenery so that your reader can use their own imagination. To, right. You don't want to smack them over the head with it. Right. Exactly. Um, you don't want to interrupt the flow of your book either. If they have to pause because we're throwing so much detail in there and it's not even important to the plot. Right. You know, that's going to stop them reading. And that might be when they put the book down and never pick it back up again. Absolutely. I get very bogged down. If I see like several pages of just blocks of text where it's just describing something, I'm very much less likely to keep reading. And I'm like, oh, I can't, this is going to be throughout the entire book. Like I don't want to read right. that. Like I want some dialogue to break it up. I want some action to break it up. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think sprinkling, sprinkling it throughout the story, like you said, is, mm -hmm. is the way to go. And then scenery can describe, it can do more than just describing the setting. It can convey the mood. You, you can actually use it as a tool to com convey the mood. Like, I mean, it's kind of, it's the cliche of, oh, it's raining and I'm sad. But think about it being gorgeous and sunny when this person is hurting so badly. You know, the, the, the laughter that is at a park when this person, when your character is going through something horrible, you can use that to your advantage in describing that happiness that he's not feeling or she's not feeling. I think so too. I, I was thinking about this um, as I was going over the notes and, you know, say your, your character has a feeling of entrapment, be it in a relationship or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And the scenery can kind of echo that. Um, so you can get your character's thoughts across and, you know, they feel trapped and everything, but your setting can also do that. So say you have mountains that are like closing in a valley. That's kind of like a feeling of entrapment or, um, you know, you're cut off by a river uh, and you can't get across a bridge or something like that. It kind of echoes that sense of entrapment that your character might be feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I came up with an example talking about how to use your scenery to convey a totally different um, feel. Mm -hmm. So this I got from, it's a 2013 blog, uh, BeKindRewrite.com, and it was how to stop boring your readers with scenic description. And this, there's two passages that are the same scene, but written totally differently to give you a different sense of the, using the scenery to give a different sense. The creak and slam of the door cut out the howling wind and heralded the music within, so loud he had to shout his order in the barmaid's ear before taking a seat by the great fire. The crackling of wood lay down a kind of beat for the lutenist at the other end of the room, who dared the revelers to keep up with his quick fingers. Thudding boots made empty tankards dance on the tables, and spirited singing from the depths of barrel chests dissolved into the thunderclap laughter each time a lyric was slurred. Okay, so think of how that makes you feel with the same scene written with different word choice. The hinges screeched, the door slammed, and the clamorous indoors suddenly choked off the soft moan of the evening breeze. He had to scream his order to the barmaid, and 
Even as he huddled, sweating next to the coughing fire, he couldn't hear his own thoughts over the revelers at the other end of the room, whose discordant bellows and guffaws shook the rafters, dwarfing the lute accompaniment to a tinny whisper. Same scene, but you're describing the scenery in totally different way, and you get a totally different feel from each of those scenes. Absolutely. I mean, using words like screeched, mm -hmm. um, slammed, mm -hmm. clamorous, uh, choked off, you know, those kinds of things definitely put a different picture in your mind than the one that you were. And yet it's before. the same bar room, the same mm -hmm. everything. It's just a matter of your word choice and how you describe it and how you can use that scenery writing to get that furthers the plot. You know, in the first one, he's enjoying the the revelry that's going on and the second right. one he's feeling nauseated by it he's feeling it's too it, loud it, it's too yeah. choking mm -hmm. it's too yeah so i thought that was a very good example of writing scenery same scene same setting but writing the scenery with detailed words that make it feel totally different yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant no absolutely um, you can also convey the time of year. So snow on the ground obviously can indicate winter time or a season. It depends on whether you're in a fantasy world where the seasons are different, which right. you would have to logically put out. Bright green leaves usually indicate spring or summer. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point too, because you can also get a lot of your character's personality out through using scenery. Um, cause you know, if they're in the mountains, do they, do they enjoy it? Do right. they prefer to be at the beach? Like, would they rather be at the beach than the mountains? Um, cause that tends to be a big question with vacation spots is, do you want to go to the beach or do you want to go to the mountains? Mm -hmm. And people usually have a preference. Uh, so you can get a lot of, um, your character's thoughts out just That's by point. doing scenery. I hadn't thought of that. You can also use writing scenery to convey changes that are occurring within your story. So a week ago, this town was a thriving community, and now it's a shell due to some kind of supernatural event, you know, an urban fantasy, some kind of magic event, um, or whatever action. It can show a shift in how the plot is changing and how it's affecting the people just by simply describing the same scene in two different ways to show the passage of time in right. the story, which right. I thought was clever as well. Yeah. You can use dialogue to get your scenery across. Oh, I love the gray of this building. It's so creepy. Do you think it's haunted? Okay, so immediately pops into your head. He didn't even describe anything other than gray stone. Well, and that and the fact that he asked if, do you think it's haunted, makes me think it's, oh, it's a decrepit building. Yes. It's kind of run down. Maybe no one's living there. The mm -hmm. windows are dark, that kind of thing. So it's already evoking this image within the reader's mind with just a sentence, a couple sentences in dialogue. Yeah. Um, generally, it's, I've read that you're supposed to go from general to specific, and I pulled a Harry Potter example. This is when Harry is going to get his very first wand. Oh, okay. So Hagrid is taking him shopping to get his first wand. The last shop was narrow and shabby. Peeling gold letters over the door read Ollivanders, makers of fine wands since 382 BC. A single wand lay on a faded purple cushion in the dusty window. A tinkling bell rang somewhere in the depths of the shop as they stepped inside. It was a tiny space, empty except for a single spindly chair that Hagrid sat on to wait. Harry felt strangely as though he had entered a very strict library. He swallowed a lot of new questions that had just occurred to him and looked instead at the thousands of narrow boxes piled neatly right up to the ceiling. Excellent description. Right. Um, and it did. It started with the outside of the building to narrow narrowed down the scene to the description 
in, I loved the very strict library. That definitely right. evo evokes a mental picture in my head. I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, absolutely. The hallowed silence, the, mm -hmm. you know. Right, right. Um, describe enough that the reader understands where and when the scene is taking place. You've got to describe what's important to the scene and to the book, what has an impact on your character, and, you know, think about why your character would notice those mountains. Is he going to have to trip to right. over them and they're blocking him? Right. Um, describe what has an impact on the story it, it, itself, but describe nothing more than that. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't want to go overboard. I feel like, you know, you just don't want to bog down your reader. Um, Cause again, like I said, I'm not going to read several pages of this beautiful door that has been described. You know, I don't, I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point. I think so too. And then word choice was my last point, which we've already hit on just because I think it's so important. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that thing above where we had those two scenes, all of that different setting and scene scenery totally changed just by the word choice that the author used. Absolutely. I'm going to go back to my mountain example, just because it's very on brand today. Um, but if you describe a mountain as, you know, towering and ominous, then that's obviously putting a, a different picture in your head where it's like, oh, we're going to have to summit that, we're going to mm -hmm. have to cross that something mm -hmm. versus, you know, they're tall and wondrous. So maybe we're just looking at it from a distance and they're, they're just pretty and it's like, I'm glad to be here kind of thing. You know, and like last week, we talked about foreshadowing. You can use a scenery description to foreshadow. It could be that he's noticing the snow on the mountains and you know that that could foreshadow the need to have to traverse that at some point in the right. future even if he doesn't realize it at the time he's looking at it your word choice when you're describing it can give the reader an inkling that these are ominous darkly clouded you know towering mountains and just that might be a hint of foreshadowing of what might be to come yeah. on facing that mountain absolutely so that's what I've got. I think there's probably more we can talk to talk about on setting. There's tons of examples out there, which I think is a really great way to learn. So we might do a little mini episode just reading from samples of like I really liked that that those two the, the bar scene, scene. yeah, yeah, because that really illustrates the point of how you can write scenery effectively, right, to get across what you want. So maybe we'll do that at some point. In the yeah, future. that'd be fun. Do you have anything else? I have an interview question. Okay. All right. What is your favorite type of scenery to include in your stories and why? Hmm. I, I, I think the most fun I've had writing scenery has been in my Kata story where she starts here and goes into the other world Yeah. because it is a totally different world. Yeah. And the forests, they do, they have fuchsia leaves. And I did, I had to do a lot of research on what the setting should be like and what happens if you change which which way where the sun rises and what does that do to your climate right and i enjoy making that stuff up that's true that's fun to build something from it scratch and, and totally made up in my mind and i enjoy doing that and evoking something in my reader that they've never seen before yeah i'm making it new for them making something totally unknown. That is very fun. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to who love reading, you know, more high fantasy type novels, enjoy it for that to, to mm -hmm. experience something very new mm -hmm. um, and that you don't see uh, in our everyday world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, so mine is forests. I really love oh. writing about trees and forests and the sounds that you hear when you're in them and the, the shadows on the ground as the sun comes through the leaves and that kind of thing. And you know, I, I wrote Mac and she can cast illusions mm -hmm. and a, a lot of her illusions are, um, 
more on the nature side. Um, she loves using nature as her inspiration. And so she got to, you know, do a lot of forests and, you know, her antagonist used forests against her and that kind of thing. That's so it was true. very, yeah, very was, fun to That was write. very cool. You're good at all kinds of scenery though. One of the, one of your scenery descriptions that I think was really well done is in Louie and Delaney, the hallway leading up to Louie's apartment. Ah. Just so well done. I just, I loved that. I got the feel of what it was. I got the feel, the feeling of the, the luxury that she lives in this gorgeous, rich place has pretty much anything she could possibly want. And yet her life is horrible. <laughs> yeah. And that description you did, I wasn't bored with it. It was succinct and to the point, but gave me this mental picture. I could see it exactly in my head. So you're very good at writing scenery. Well, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So we are excited to be up here with you guys in the mountains. Um, we might try to, to record another one before we leave just because this is just so wonderful up here. And I love sitting outside and we're together, mm -hmm. which is so fun. So maybe we'll see you. I did not bring my outro. Oh, well, thank you for listening. Uh, we have a website. Um, I almost said, and that's why we drink. That is incorrect, but that's a good, that's a good podcast. <laughs> that is, if you haven't plug. listened to that, go, go listen to it. It's amazing. Um, but eat, drink, right podcast.com. Uh -huh. um, all of our social media is there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have um, pretty much anything under the blue moon in terms of social media, Instagram, that kind of thing. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to help support us. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash EDW podcast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. See you next time. Maybe from here.